Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob, Casey's here. And Casey, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the indie star Mm -hmm. has a very, very weird, disturbing obsession with the Hamilton East Public Library. Yes, I have noticed that, and it's amazing, isn't it? It is really, they have now reached the I will not be ignored, Dan, uh, (laughs) boiling... uh, Bunny in in a pot of water? I mean, it is bizarre. I mean, it seems like every day there's a new story about the Hamilton East Public Library. And to tr- and now they're groveling to this John Green guy. The mayor of Fishers is calling, practically begging for forgiveness from this John. Gr- I mean, this whole thing is weird, bizarre. And there was only one guy that I thought could help us work through it. He joins us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. The great Tony Kennett. Tony Kennett, hello. Why is Indy Star so obsessed with the Hamilton East Public Library? Because the Indianapolis Star is desperate for attention. No one reads the Indianapolis Star. If you include all of the library that uh, buy Indy Star membership, all of the schools that buy an Indy Star subscription, and I'm not talking the annuals, I'm talking the month to month, they have lost like 50,000 of those in the last couple of years. Wow. They've gone from 80,000 total monthly circulatory down to under 30,000. Their annual subscriptions, I am told, are under basically under 5,000 for annual subscriptions. They're hurting. You know, Gannett is considering closing the Indy Star, just like you closed the Columbus Dispatch. That is true. Gannett, Mm -hmm. higher-ups are considering closing the Indy Star. That is confirmed. I feel like like that's that was even what we're supposed to be talking about. I feel like that's like a breaking thing, Gannett. Oh, and that's not breaking. Gannett's closed bigger newspapers than the Indy Star, and they're considering closing more as the newspaper market shrinks. There have been talks inside several board committees inside Gannett to close the Indy Star. Now, it's probably not going to happen for several years because it's the only regional newspaper around unless you start getting into, like, Anderson and Bloomington um, or Newcastle, for God's sakes. But as far as the Indy Star is concerned, when it comes to them seeking attention, they're desperately trying to stay afloat. And desperately trying to stay afloat means trying to simp after John Green, who everyone really cares about for some reason. Uh, Don't you think that they'll try and outsource the printing first? Or maybe they've already done that. So uh, a lot of newspapers, especially large Gannett series, when they start to reduce publication, mm-hmm. um, will start to outsource printing. But most of the Indy Star circulation does not actually go to print at this point anyway. Uh, the Indy Star is basically becoming your everyday online news publication. Uh, but again, you can read most Indy Star articles for free. And if there's a paywall up that's not letting you read that particular article, then people are just going to go find another publication. Mm-hmm. No one needs the Indy Star. The only good thing about the paper is the sports reporting, and even that's fallen off in the last 10 years. Uh, Tony Kennett joins us now. So let's get back to this library deal. It's a day that ends in Y. So I saw another article yesterday about this Hamilton East Public Library, and now these local politicians in Hamilton County, including that complete zero mayor of Fishers, Scott Fadness, are all up in arms. You may remember him, Casey. He's the guy who shut the uh, bars and restaurants down at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. during Christmas season because, well, COVID. Right. And that makes just tons of sense because we all know COVID just went into full force 
at 10 p.m. Sure, because it can tell time. And, uh, you know, he did that. So that, guy, that, <laughs> that guy's a complete loser. But now Indy Star has this article out about how they the municipalities want seats on the library board now. And Scott Fadness is calling this John Green guy, who's this author, groveling to him, begging him not to be mean to Fishers because they didn't have anything to do with it. What the hell is going on in Hamilton County? And why are so many people just losing their minds over the library? Like, what? What is going on? There are two fun lessons to learn from this entire thing. So first of all, what's going on is you have establishment Republicans that are terrified that someone might think they're Republicans. <laughs> it's really funny. It's like the, the person who's, who's a Christian who doesn't want people to know they're a Christian because, oh, they'll think I'm uncool if they know that I love Jesus. Oh, no. And so they hide it. So that's what's going on with the Republicans here. There's this establishment Republican view in Indiana where, like, as long as you just act hip like the liberals, as long as you just act cool, they'll think you're cool. Fun fact, that's not how liberals work. Fun fact, that's not how politics work. So what you see in Fishers is you see Republicans acting like Republicans are supposed to act. They're supposed to be conserving specific values. And then the liberals get upset about it because, shocker, their political views are different. But then the Republicans get upset because when liberals are angry, they start using insults. Republicans don't like being called those insults. So John Green said he's never going to come to the Ikea in Fishers again. (laughs) That is exactly what he said on Twitter, by the way. Who cares? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I read this. Wrote, the dude wrote a book about a girl with cancer, and everyone acts like he's God incarnate. Who cares? Well, and, and so Tony Kent's our guest. We're talking about this just bizarre obsession now with the Hamilton East Public Library. Uh, and I'm reading this article, and it's Fadness is in there saying, "Oh, I talked to John Green and told him don't hold us accountable. We don't have anything to do with it." A mayor of a city is groveling with an author of a book because he's mad because his book got moved. That that is what Scott Fadness is wasting his time on now. And there's no shame. This guy's no shame. He's publicly admitting that's what he's wasting taxpayer time but and Rob, money on. Now, I, I got to point this out. This is actually the subplot of the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> it is. In, in the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the mayor is so desperate that people don't know about his town in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> that he simps after the Weather Channel and tries to give his town something. Like, please don't be mean in my town. Please, everyone, come to my town. It's so great. There is no one in fishers that woke up this morning going gee i wish there were more people in fishers no one what no one no one wants that there is not one person people just want to live their lives no one cares if john green is waltzing his liberal rear end into your store to complain about the kind of coffee you're serving mm-hmm. no one cares so that's the second lesson we have to learn here is that whenever establishment republicans get embarrassed by conservatives, by populists, by libertarians, they start trying to increase the amount of power they have over local government so that doesn't happen again. In this case, it's trying to expand the number of seats on a library board. (laughs) How sad do you have to be? Do you think that you can't even win over the board seats that are currently present? So now you have to like flip the court by adding seats to it. Uh, and and, and, and their, new th- their new thing is, well, we must, it's state law, so we've got to start pressuring our lawmakers. I mean, not a damn word from Scott Fadness and these people about out of control property taxes or people not being able to stay in their homes or the gas tax or the growth of government or Holcomb shutting the state down or Malik Muhammad meet and greets. But gosh darn it, that library board, well, we've really got to get on our state lawmakers about that, Tony. 
I mean, this is the, again, remember when liberals were on their highest of horses, we're talking like completely stoned high horses, talking about how they were not political when it came to education. And it was the dirty, mean old Republicans who were me. Look at who has been on the political circus for the last month and a half over a public library, moving a few books 20 feet to the right. And they have made this the only story they've talked about. It's been national news. You've got a major author talking about it. There's crying in the streets, people running through the library, like doing vlogs, like, I'm here at Fascism Central at the Hamilton East Public Library and posting it on TikTok. So who's political about education now? Can you we get over that? Everyone's political about education. It looks like it was just a bunch of virtue signaling all along. Tony Kennett, you forgot one very important thing that's also going on, and that's the oh, T-shirt that's been printed. Have you seen the, the T-shirt? What? The T-shirt? Oh, of course. So someone has got into the capitalist spirit by selling T-shirts. What does the T-shirt say? It says, you won't catch me alive or dead in Fishers. <laughs> You know, actually, I, I was sent that T-shirt designed by Ben Orr, who was on the, the school board over at Hamilton Southeastern because he thought it was really funny. I, I got to be honest with you, though. I thought that he just made the shirt up like to, to make fun of John Green. Mm-hmm. No, That's, I think it's a real thing. People are like trying to sell this. Yeah, and- it's been produced by uh, Ray Gun, which is a Midwest clothing company. So I think that a lot of the <laughs> conservatives and Republicans and Fishers, uh, would feel the exact same way about like the people in California saying don't come to Texas. Like, yeah, don't don't come here. Okay. Oh no, a bunch of whiny, multicolored hair liberals don't want to be in the town I'm in. Shucks, what an absolute shame. Can it? Isn't this just just ground zero example A? Uh, best possible evidence for what we talk about on this show every day, just how much the Republicans suck. You can't count on them to do what they say. They're total wimps. They're total zeros. And they will always wilt under pressure. I mean, isn't this just needless drama in Fishers and Hamilton County the best example we could possibly come up with? Yeah, and, and my, my, my kind of reassurance of that would be to the establishment Republicans who are, some for some reason, still listening to this show. I, I, you, I know you're very popular with the establishment, Rob. Hey, moderates, um, when you apologized the last time and tried to make nice, did it work? Did it work any of the 267 times that you tried before that? No, because, fun fact, libs don't want to be friends with the other party. Yeah, they never have. Perfect, yes. It's politics. It's about winning. Yes. So... Quit simping before the other person on your knees. You don't have posture. You're pathetic. <laughs> Tony Kennett. Hey, you got a show starting soon, don't you? Yeah, that's true. We're thinking uh, September 18th-ish or maybe the following week. We're just getting a few things set up so the live stream has a little extra polish. Oh, okay. The nice. Tony, uh, is it the Tony Kennett Experience, the Tony Kennett Show? What 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 is the, What are we calling this? They're calling it the Tony Kinnick cast oh, because it's a broadcast and a podcast. Oh, that's Ooh, yeah. see, there's layers to and, it. And that'll be seven <laughs> to eight weeknights. Is that correct? That's true. All so right. uh, you can listen to it if you're on the second shift or you can listen to it any other time because, you know, it's a podcast as well. Very exciting. Kenneth will, uh, you know, warm, warm, warm you over with his charm, his charisma, his general pleasant demeanor. And we're lucky to have you with us. Thank you, Tony Kinnett. You're the best. Thanks, guys. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, 
Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We do have your voicemails on the way. We're going to hear from you. But first, let's talk about what's going on with Hunter Biden. Most Americans say they think that Joe Biden was involved in his son's business dealings with Ukraine and China while he served as vice president under Barack Obama. And this is according to a new CNN poll. I really feel like CNN is turning on the Bidens, by the way, and they're in Trump's side. But it's a majority. 61% say they think that Biden had at least some involvement in Hunter's business dealings. 42% saying they think he acted illegally and 18% saying that his actions were unethical. What sort of partisan maroon would you have to be to not think that at this point? I mean, we're all adults here. Mm -hmm. There's, if you were a jury, if you, if you, if you were on a jury and you took away the names and you said, this is the defendant, is he guilty of this beyond a reasonable doubt? He'd be convicted almost every single time. I mean, the the evidence is just overwhelming that Hunter Biden was a conduit to a pay-for-play scheme where Joe Biden was selling access and he was using his son as the person that was facilitating those endeavors and engagements. So Hunter Biden, now out in California, he's got a fifteen thousand dollar per month place that he's renting with his wife and his son okay so time out have this is where the average person should just stop themselves if you're a, a gullible person who's like well maybe it's not so bad think about your own life you're going to work you're you know raising your kids you're doing the things right Mm -hmm. if you're hearing us in your car or in your office thank you we love you Think about how hard it is for the average person, like an average person could not fathom cobbling together $15,000 a month, period. Mm -hmm. Much less, that's just the house he lives in. Like it's not his electricity, it's not his, you know, it's not his car, it's not his groceries. I mean, just think about in your own life. So if you made $15,000 a month, that would be $180,000 a year. The average, what is the median income in in, in Indiana? It's like 45,000 or something like that. So that's four times Mm -hmm. the average person in this state just on his house. Yeah. How does a guy with no applicable talents or skill set whatsoever, Mm -hmm. it's not like he's Lee Iacocca over here. (laughs) How how, how does that? How is he getting that money? How does that happen? Yeah. Well, and another thing, he also has secret service detail (laughs) while he's out there. Why? And keep in mind. Taxpayers are paying for that Secret Service detail. But why? Why does Hunter Biden have Secret Service? Like what? Why does he need to be protected? I mean, I mean, he's. It's not like okay. When let's say when they let's use because people say, well, he's the president's son. He's a grown ass fifty something year old man who apparently has enough money to live in a fifteen thousand dollar a month house. He's probably capable of providing 
private security. It's one thing if like when the Obamas were in the White House, you have young kids. Sure. Totally get it. When Baron Trump, totally get it. Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, uh, Ivanka Trump, those are super, super, super wealthy people. They do not need the taxpayers to be paying their secret service for their security. Again, when the Bush, uh, when Hillary and Bill were there and Chelsea was little, I, I get that. I understand that when kids go to college, I get that. I understand it. But this is ridiculous that Hunter Biden is supposedly making millions of dollars or was making millions of dollars and is living in a $15,000 a month house and can't secure himself. Right. He can afford his own security team. No, he's going to pass it off on to everybody else. But, you know, the prospect of him standing trial, it's likely going to energize the Republican Party, right? They're talking about launching this impeachment inquiry into whether the president even has ties to any of this. And this is coming very close to the threat of a government shutdown. This is hanging over. You rolled your eyes. This is hanging over our heads now. It is. And and what's the problem? Go ahead, shut it down. And whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden, you notice there's no conversation about public policy for the American people. The conversation is repeatedly about the shenanigans on both sides Mm -hmm. and who they are as people and the shortcuts and the indiscretions and everything else. We're not having a single solitary conversation about public policy that is going to make food more affordable, that's going to make gas more affordable, that's going to make our country more secure. We don't even have those conversations anymore. And people can say, well, why don't you talk about it? What is there to talk about? None of them are putting out proposals for us to talk about. So this is what there is to talk about. Okay, so the White House has reportedly set up a war room. They have about two dozen lawyers and aides. They're combating this possible Uh. impeachment inquiry. And listen to this. They're studying how Bill Clinton turned his 1998 impeachment into a political advantage. What is the spin on that? Well, and that's an interesting thing. Okay, number one, Bill Clinton is arguably the greatest, next to Reagan, the greatest single orator and communicator to ever hold. Now, I don't know what it was like in the days of the founding fathers. There are no recorded speeches of George Washington or even Abraham Lincoln or whatever. But Bill Clinton is probably on the Mount Rushmore of orators to hold the Oval Office. That guy was a phenomenal used car salesman. Mm -hmm. He was capable of worming his way in and out of just about anything. Biden obviously does not have that ability. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, so, so let's talk about that. Clinton was able to, and this is the fault of the Republicans who allowed it to happen, make the conversation about I'm being impeached for having an affair with a young intern. No, you're impeached because you lied under oath about having an affair with a young intern. And if you or I had lied under oath, it is do not pass go, go directly to jail, do not collect $200. However, history has recorded it. Mm-hmm. Because who the media writes the history, right? They loved Bill Clinton. This poor guy had some sexual indiscretions and he was impeached for it. No, he was impeached for lying about having an affair because the Clintons were involved in all sorts of financial shenanigans. And that's why he was under oath to begin with was financial and various schemes and scams and other bull crap. Bill Clinton wasn't just magically under oath over having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. The affair with Monica Lewinsky, which he lied about, which is why he was impeached, was 
questioned to him because of a litany mm-hmm. of financial indiscretions that have plagued the Clintons and followed them around throughout their basically their entire adult lives. So the Biden administration can study what Clinton did all they want, but it's the execution because it's a different guy. Right. So my point on all of this is Joe Biden is going to be impeached for a pay-for-play scam with his adult, corrupt, loser, druggy son. Mm-hmm. The narrative is not the same, and the people are not going to buy it, and Joe Biden is not Bill Clinton and won't be able to spin and dominate the narrative on his way out. And the Democrats actually want to get rid of Biden. Yeah. So maybe they won't even care. Yeah. This uh, actually, this gun thing with Hunter actually is just getting in the way. Yeah of bigger things. Uh, The special counsel, David Weiss, he said that they would seek a grand jury indictment before September 29th on Hunter Biden. All right, so let's take a break. Uh, Full disclosure, I forgot to do the voicemails, Mm -hmm. and that's why we didn't have them at 1030. However, I did remember (laughs) to do the voicemails uh, during the the most recent uh, ability to to get into a studio. Uh, And we got a couple interesting voicemails about Jim Ursay. Oh. And let's explain to people why I'm so upset about... One penny. Let's well. Let's do a little deep dive on that because some of you people apparently just just don't get what's going on here. It's coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. It's time to hear from you, Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at three one seven five five nine pain. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number if you'd like to be involved, 317-684-8444. It's time for your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, so uh, we're going to have a learning opportunity here because there are people who are very passionate about their cults. And anytime Mm -hmm. you point out just very obvious things with anything that involves the Colts that can't get past how much they love football and well it's football and you've insulted something that has something to do with football so I'm going to just call and complain to you and so we got a couple calls we talked earlier about Jimmer Ursay is having this shindig tonight at mm-hmm. Lucas Oil Stadium it's an air quote free concert Mellon Camp will be there Stephen Stills will be there a magician I guess of some sort is going to uh, be there mm-hmm. and he's showing off his vast collection of music memorabilia Mm -hmm. and i say kiss off on all that because (laughs) it ain't free because the stadium you have you didn't have to pay for because it's paid by me and by you and by kevin every single time we go out and buy a soda or a sandwich because of tax increases that were imposed on us and it was a really crappy deal where a super rich guy who inherited the team from his dad is taking money from us. So, yeah, I got issue with that when you take my money and somebody's mad because they like football. Hey, Rob. Jim Mersey is an incredibly generous person. Instead of being mad at him for negotiating a good deal, you should be mad at the people down at 200 West Washington. I don't understand the problem. I think that it's great that he's giving a free concert to the people. I think it's really cool that he puts his collection out there for everybody to enjoy instead of just hoarding it in his house by himself. And he does many, many, many other unseen, generous things anonymously. So why don't you get up Jim Ursay's back? I'll get off Jim Ursay's back when he gets out of my wallet. How about that? 
No, I will totally make that deal. You stop, you eliminate the food and beverage tax that goes to Lucas Oil Stadium for Jim Irsay, a billionaire, to have a free stadium paid for by me, and I'll never mention Jim Irsay again. How about that? How about this? He he brought up a point. Why not be mad at the people at 200 West Washington? I mean, if you're Jim Irsay, if you're Jim Irsay, take the best deal you can. Why wouldn't he take that Well, we've deal? had this conversation before. Don't I get mad enough at those people on a consistent basis? Like, <laughs> I act like this guy acts like Rob, yes, is, you do. Rob is way too nice. To, of course. Of course. A pox on all those people's houses. They suck because they got, I talked to a guy who was in the state legislature when that deal was voted on. And to this day, those, those guys are still enamored and think they did something great when when they stole money from people to give the trust fund guy the free stadium. I mean, to this day, they, oh, they got enamored. They went to the Houston Texans stadium and looked at that and the retractable roof. And uh, look, remember the Godfather? Remember the black hand? The, the, the second Godfather, they show how the Godfather becomes the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And there's the black hand who confiscates things from other people and then he might give a fraction of it out to little old ladies or you know starving children oh look at the you know the black hand boy what a you know great no you're saying that's jim ursay he took it they took it from somebody else yeah it wasn't his to give but if you're jim ursay wouldn't you take that deal well, no, I wouldn't because I would have scruples and morals and say I'm a bajillionaire and I got this stadium for free, not of my or of my team for free, none of my own doing because my dad owned a football team mm-hmm. and I'll pay for it myself and I'll charge tickets myself and handle it myself. It, it's not free. It's not charity. If part all part of your wealth is a big part is acquired, which that stadium is a big part of the wealth of what he does and the money that comes into him is acquired because somebody else paid for it. I'm not going to give you a round of applause for that. If Jim Irsay were doing all this charity work and everything else and was not taking other people's money to do it, then fine. But I'm not going to give the guy a round of applause for essentially giving my money to a charity that I didn't sign off on. You don't, That's my job. But you don't think having this free, free air quote, free, this concert tonight uh, will bring people downtown Indianapolis, maybe help well, the city out? I don't care, Casey. I live in Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. I am taxed extra living in Brownsburg because I was told, oh, my gosh. You're, the, the, the Colts having Lucas Oil Stadium is going to generate so much money for all these donut counties. What money does that generate? Jim Irsay having John Mellencamp at Lucas Oil Stadium tonight. What does that do for me in my community? Yeah, in Brownsburg, you have a point. If you're in Indianapolis, it might help a little. That's fine, but I'm not in Indianapolis. Yeah. I live in Hendricks County, and I got money taken from me so that that dude can have a free stadium. I don't get people rounds of applause for giving money to other organizations that they got from somebody else. One thing that Jim Irsay has done is he has implemented this new thing at the, at the game. It's a full sensory room, and it's going to be on the southwest corner, and it's to enhance the game day experience for guests with autism or other developers. Developmental disability. Great. He should do that with his own money. Great. Wonderful. And I'm not saying Jim Mercy's done anything illegal or unethical or anything else. The idiots of the legislature were willing to give him the stadium. He was willing to take the money from the poor and middle class people. Fine. But I'm not going to applaud that. I'm not going to say it's great. We got another phone call about this. Hey, Kendall. <laughs> you hardly pay for that stadium. Jim Mercy hardly got that stadium for free. I mean, are you really complaining over a penny on the dollar? Come on, dude. You complain way too much about a penny. You should be complaining about Biden 
constant. That's who's ripping you off, not Jim Ursa. <laughs> Casey, how much of the show have we dedicated to Joe Biden today? Too much. Yes. A I lot. Think, I think we do our fair share. You know why I complain about it? It's not because it's a penny on every dollar spent. Mm-hmm. Because it's unjust and it's unfair and it shouldn't be happening. I don't complain about it because it's a penny. I'd complain about it if it was a fraction of a penny. I'd complain about it if it was a quarter of a penny. It's not the dollar amount. It's that if you let government get away with it, if you let bad government, which the Lucas Oil Stadium deal was horrific, awful, terrible government. It was crony capitalism at its finest. And if you let it happen without speaking out against it here, then it happens over here, which it does. Mm Mm-hmm. See Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Okay. See what's going on in Noblesville now with the Mad Ants and their, air quote, free stadium. I don't complain because of the dollar amount. I complain because it keeps happening. And when you add up all the pennies and you add up all the dollars, that's a lot of money. Okay, so the stadium is going to have some new security detectors. It's uh, implemented to improve speed and safety as you file into the game. They're also going to have more than a dozen new menu items which are going to be available. They're called grab-and-go locations, trying to enhance the entire Colts experience for everybody. And the Indianapolis Colts have also unveiled a new website. The guy wants us to complain about Biden. May I? Yes, please. Okay. Since Biden took office, prices are up 16.9%. Real wages are down 3%. Mortgage rates are at their highest in 22 years. And Americans have lost $10,000 plus paying for the increased cost of living. Okay, we'll get off this. But the, the, the bottom line is it comes down to you. if you live in Greenfield, is it right that someone takes money from you by force? and gives it to a guy who's a billionaire in Indianapolis. If you think that's fine, then I guess we're done here. But if you think it's wrong, then we should be talking about it. We should be speaking out about it because we should always speak out against bad government. All right, Susan Beckwith is going to join us next. We've got our Mind Your Manners segment that's coming up from Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I've got to follow that dream wherever that dream may lead. i got to follow that dream to find the love I need. 93 WIBC. Hard to 
WABC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And oh, yes, as we do every Friday, it is time to send you in listener land into the weekend being better, more productive. Quite frankly, for many of you, just decent members of society. Susan Beckwith, our guest. The segment is called Mind Your Manners. And, of course, Susan Beckwith, former Miss Indiana. And every week we wrap up our program. She picks a different topic, a way you can improve yourself, your mm-hmm. etiquette, your form, your ability to to interact and succeed with others. Yes, and as we head into the weekend, you might have a chance to meet somebody new. So, Susan, our topic today is how to make a good first impression. Yeah, we're going to cover just some ways to add some extra polish into your life. And I'm so excited for this topic. I really tried to think about things that would be both applicable to men and women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just some of those things that can add a little more polish, like I said, in your life and make a strong first impression. Uh, I make terrible first impressions, and I blame that for a lot of my uh, downfall in life, Casey, but the terrible first impressions I've made over the years. Okay, Susan, let's start with number one. You're making a first impression on somebody. What is the number one thing you should keep in mind? Opt for structure over slouch. So, you know, finding a good tailor is so important. Uh, You know, I'm petite. I talk about that often. So I'm always having to get things altered. But whether or not you're petite or not, Making sure that things fit really well can really make all the difference, and it can also take something that might be a relatively budget-friendly piece and make it look much more expensive. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, like, Rob, you should not wear your Bermuda shorts and flip-flops and your long-sleeve V-neck that is a size and a half too big. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Actually, and I, I'm so sorry. I'm having a moment this morning where I think my coffee still has not quite hit the system, and I'm mixing up Hammer and Nigel, but I forget the one that always says that he is like loves the 90s, and he loves really oversized things, which are great, but if we're wanting to really kind of demonstrate that polished look, having things that are a little more fitted um, really can make such a difference. So I hope that that is not going to offend him. Uh, no, we, we will say something today way more offensive than whatever you just said all right that's number one uh what what what, how did you describe that something over slouch what was the what was the saying oh structure structure things that are a little more fitted to you yeah the next one uh i know we know this but sometimes you just need to hear it you need to really go through and retire pieces in your wardrobe that are have just seen better days whether they have Scuff marks, mm-hmm. whether your sweaters are starting to do that pilling, um, you know, just things fade. They lose their shape over time. So really making sure that we're not continuing to wear pieces that have seen better days. Are you wait, are you wait. recommending that people invest in some key uh, clothing <laughs> items for their closet, some higher end <laughs> items? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would much rather see a wardrobe that has much fewer pieces that are quality that are going to serve them well than have quantity that really doesn't portray the image that they're wanting to go for. And that's, you know, at the beginning, I meant to kind of just 
to say something about the way you look and dress obviously communicate a message about you. And so we we have the ability to really, you know, shape that narrative as far as how others may perceive us. Now, they certainly can judge a book by its cover and that could potentially be wrong, but it's also important to think that we are have a, a role in kind of curating what others and how others perceive us. Okay, Susan Beck with our guest. We're teaching you uh, this week on the Mind Your Manners segment how to make a better first impression. So, Susan, what you're saying is uh, the sweatshirt I am wearing today, I have had <laughs> since I believe 2018. I wear it at least twice a week, and it uh, it is no longer the color it originally was. You're saying that's got to go. <laughs> well, we all have those pieces that we just go to for comfort, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but those occasions where we're really wanting to portray more polish – yeah. that were really pulled together. And I learned a lot about this during kind of my Miss Indiana, Miss America journey and, and how that served us at certain key times, especially, you know, job interviews, if, you know, we're going to a, a, you know, a formal setting. But every day where, where you're going to see all of three people, Rob, I think you're fine. Perfect. Yeah, my mother actually bought me a sweater the other day, and she goes, I'm just so tired of seeing you wear the same thing every day on YouTube. <laughs> like it's not because it. It's not because I don't have more stuff, Mom. It's because I'm just lazy. I'm I just, choose the same thing. Just so lazy. All right, number three, Susan. First impressions, what should we be thinking about? Say no to wrinkles. <laughs> mm. Oh, I'm out on that one, too. I know. Drag out that iron or use that steamer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you know, wrinkle release and the dryer don't always cut it. So that really can make such a key difference in how our clothing looks and appears. So putting that extra effort in will serve you. I found that if you don't want to do the iron or the steamer, I prefer the steamer, you can always hang it on the mirror in the bathroom while you're taking a really hot shower. That helps a little. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that helps absolutely. a little. <laughs> it depends on the fabric, I feel like. Uh, but that is a good tip, so mm-hmm. uh, a good one for folks to remember as well. <laughs> I actually have a question for uh, Casey, Susan, and then I want you to get in on this. So you you obviously okay. were Miss Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have no idea how you ended up with Micah, it being the fact that you had <laughs> I'm Miss Indiana at my disposal and you still chose Micah. Uh, but Casey, when you were on TV mm-hmm. and you were going, uh, you did a style-type program, correct? Yeah. yeah. Did you always feel like people were judging you? your appearance like more so than say the average person absolutely yes i would get messages all the time based on my clothing and no kidding. i had about a ten thousand dollar wardrobe at one point and it was color-coded my closet was like a rainbow <laughs> i have since retired most of those dresses which is why i look like this now uh susan how about you did you feel like people were eyeing you and judging you because maybe like in the sense of Casey, hey, this is the TV person. We want her to fail. We want to find flaws with her. You were Miss Indiana, which meant you were beautiful and talented. People were cheering for you to fail, right? <laughs> you know, I had really positive experiences. I think there were message boards that are kind of equivalent to the trolls of our current mm-hmm. day, but I never really bothered with those because I didn't want any of that negativity in my in my mind. But I interned with Wish Television. I thought I wanted to go into broadcasting, and I remember hearing about those anchors and just some of the correspondence they would get of people just critical of wardrobe or if they they cut their hair mm-hmm. and, and I, I it, that was something shade. That I thought right. Mm-hmm. It, it, People have very strong opinions, and I think when you're in the public eye, they feel the ability just to really let you know them. <laughs> now, Susan, now my question for you is, is there anything on your list that does not involve clothing on making a first impression? 
Yes, and honestly, like, this topic makes me so excited because it really can make such a difference. Like, and I had so much content that I was not going to be able to fit. I, I would not be able to fit it in just our segment today. But even things yesterday, I was with my boss, and, and this is totally irrelevant, but it's all about, you know, that first impression. And, and we had a candidate applying for a job, and they had the strangest email address. And, and you know, like, that's not going to be our make or break, but all those little things. I remember having interns one time and they had a really inappropriate ringtone and I, like those things kind of give you insight into the mm-hmm. person and so it's just being really aware of all those little details but the next one on my list was take care of your fingernails mm. i mean if i see somebody with really unkempt fingernails or dirty fingernails you know that definitely doesn't give an impression that they are taking pride in their appearance and what else will they not take pride in well don't you think that just goes with hygiene as a whole like Yes. Be clean? Yes. Now, here's a difference as far as, you know, first impression and, like, having that extra polish. Now, we could be a little bit divided on fragrance and perfume and cologne. I personally love it. I know others have a sensitivity to it. So we could kind of go back and forth on that. But absolutely, just grooming in general. Uh, before we go, I do have to tell this story. Uh, you, your husband was on a course on Tuesday, and we had some fun oh, with him on this. <laughs> so Susan sat next to us in church on Sunday, and Micah was um, was getting a little descriptive on the uh, events happening in the Bible during the time of uh, of David. And Susan oh, yes. Susan just kept looking back at us. And shaking her head, and she kept mouthing, it looked like, I'm sorry, as she was putting her, her head in her hands. And uh, oh, I just wanted to let you know you have nothing to apologize for. Micah is not your fault. Oh, well, I love Sunday because I got to meet Olivia, and she's absolutely beautiful. So, But, yes, we are discussing David and Bathsheba, so I'm always like, oh, goodness, I hope this comes out in the way he is hoping it to be. So I need, like, a, a buzzard or, a, like, a, a bleep ability, you know, at church. <laughs> uh, tell us about your very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest. Yes, you will find great content there as far as a plethora of topics on social etiquette. It's a great place to get in touch with me. If you have an etiquette question, I always really enjoy hear from, hearing from listeners. I think the farthest away I've heard from is some, it's somebody in Wisconsin wow. because they had listened to your show. So that mm. is so um, exciting when I get to hear from, um, from folks. So definitely check it out. And also you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, B-E-L-L-E of the midwest.com susan beckwith you're the best thank you and that's going to do it for us today thank you rob thank you kevin and thank you for listening and as you head into the weekend i'll add one more to susan's list your smile is your best accessory we'll see you back here on monday (laughs) it's 93 wibc